Hey everybody, welcome back to the WWB Podcast, aka Wrestling Wild Black. Hey guys, <laughs> I got a dope human being on the podcast today. There's so many words I could use for this gentleman. Not only is he multi-talented, he is one of the most talented human beings, but he's also a wrestling fan. And the way he talks and explains and he 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 talk, he walks through his experience with wrestling is something that's so refreshing. The way that he that the way that he's able to decipher certain storylines and just the way he looks at it, we very much align. So, without much further ado, I want to introduce the WWB Nation to Mr. Eloquent. Mr. Eloquent, what's going on, brother? Hey, hey I wasn't expecting to get a pot. Yeah, I, I dig that. I'm good, man. I'm good, man. How, how you living? Dude, I'm just, I'm just so happy to talk to you, dude. We, we talked back in the day um, on another social media app. We're not going to mention it because they're not paying us. But um, it, I just used to see these rooms. <laughs> they paying a, pay the brother. I'm the Lamar Jackson of podcasting. You got to get a brother some money. You understand me? Hey. <laughs> Run that bag. Exactly. I need the bag. But dude, like, as as just hearing you talk and how you experience wrestling, dude, and just I really enjoyed hearing you talk. And I, as a dude who runs his jibs all the time, it's nice to hear another guy who carries that torch and, and who has that perspective as well. To get things started, Mister Eloquent, kind of talk about your name because it is a dope name. It's really cool. You do speak very eloquently, but um, kind of walk the audience for those who don't know you. Talk about what you do and and how you got your name, bro. Yeah, so um, I, I make rap beats. Um, so hip hop, a lot of uh, a lot of instrumental stuff. But you know, I've I've worked with uh, you know plenty of folks over the years from like Odyssey and um, your old Droog and uh, Blue and et cetera, et cetera. Um, my uh, my last name um, is Alango, which starts ELA and um, at the time back when I was in high school I was actually trying to I was actually trying to come up with a clever uh, clever rap name I, I had rap dreams once upon a time mm-hmm. um, they didn't go anywhere spoiler alert <laughs> but um, I uh, I just wanted a name something that just incorporated my um, like my, my last name and those three letters in particular um, so you know being that the goal was to was to rap, like you know, eloquent means you're well spoken and so forth, which I thought would make for a really cool name. Now, once uh, once the rap thing, you know, didn't go anywhere, or rather, I just lost interest in it and kind of focused on making beats. I, you know, instead of just coming up with a new name, because at least a few folks around my way already knew it, so I kind of said, ah. It and just uh, and just kept it, and um, I don't know. It, it, it's kind of a it kind of makes for a funny, like ironic type of name because, like you know, the, the name means well spoken, but ninety five percent of the, the music and stuff that I'm known for um, is stuff without vocals on it. Um, so you know, it's uh, it, it's a name. It's stuck. Um, I mean, if you find me personally eloquent, um, that's 
that, that that's a plus. But yeah, that, that's really where the name came from. Yeah, bro. I was we, as we were talking before we hit the record button. I was saying so. I've been getting up really early recently, as early as four o'clock in the morning, and I played a, a song that we're about to play here for the audience to listen to. We're going to play about half of it here, or maybe full portion of it. But dude, it put me in such a good mood, dude. I felt like I was eating my uh, my raisin bran. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm an old man at heart. Uh, I was eating my raisin bran and I was oh, watching underrated, underrated cereal, man. The crunch one, not the regular one though, with the crunch in there. You know what I'm saying? But I was playing. So, so I'm gonna give the guy, the audience a picture. So a picture. Six o'clock in the morning, the sun is starting to come up, and imagine you feeling. You know, because we always have that. Fu- you know, when you first wake up, you get that fuzzy feeling, like that early in the morning fuzzy yep. feeling. And I got this early fuzzy feeling, like I'm feeling very warm and out of body still. I haven't fully come to uh, full aware, uh, awareness. And as the sun comes up, I said, I'm about to interview this guy, as we talked about a couple of days ago. And um, I put on the song that we're about to play, Smell the Flowers. And as I played the song, it put me in such a positive mentality. It was vibrationally um, healing in a way. It just had such a good groove. And as we play the song, I want our listeners to imagine themselves in a good environment. Talk about, before we hit the play button here and let them heal, here, Smell the Flowers from your newest album. Talk about this song and why it's so important. What really is Smell the Flowers about and how the audience can really connect with it i mean for me and you know it's i guess part of an overarching sort of story or feeling that i was trying to tell on the, the album in question the album is called long drives to nowhere uh by the way but um but part of it especially just me being like like i told you before i'm 35 going on 36 and you know i feel like there's there's sort of this pressure at all times to kind of just you know, rise and grind, hustle, hustle, hustle. And, you know, and as I sort of get older, you kind of want to, you know, it's good for the soul to just sort of learn to appreciate um, yourself and your surroundings and, you know, the dope things that, uh, that, uh, that are happening or that are, that, or that you're expecting to happen. And so, you know, I tag team on it with, uh, with the homie Seb Zilner who plays saxophones on it. And, um, yeah, I just kind of wanted to create something, you know, just hopeful and sort of just get you into that that sort of mindset of, you know, just sort of enjoying the fruits of your labor. You know what I mean? Exactly. I, lo- I love that, dude. It is a sort of existential crisis we all have as we cross the 30s. I remember the 90s. And to me, the greatest time in this, and me personally, as an American personally, and we'll talk about where you're from and where you grew up, but, um, you know, I think the 90s were one of the most special times in, in humanity history. We were right before, you know, the Internet was, was still being used, but the full usage and the full capabilities of the of the uh, Internet wasn't fully realized yet. And social media wasn't a thing. And we lived differently as a people. And as you and as we look now with social media and Instagram and all those other things, we can kind of have that FOMO. Right. You have all these influencers and all these people who make so much money, who are doing all these fantastic things. And all of us regular people are like, oh, we're, we, we kind of go. We get, maybe go to a concert or go to a sports sporting event. But it is as you get closer to your 30s and closer to your 40s. It's like almost like I can't believe I'm close to I can't believe I'm close to four zero. Like what? Like it doesn't it's hard to compute that reality and right. it's like what does that really mean you know yeah man honestly and it's like 
you know, I, I remember being in like my teenage years and, you know, my pops or like, you know, just OGs in the neighborhood or whoever, you know, you know, kind of, you know, who you sort of looked, looked at and you're like, Oh, you're, you're not hip. You're not cool. Um, yada, yada, yada. And then, you know, that circle of life comes around and it's like, <laughs> man, like I'm in my thirties now and I, I, I see some of the stuff, um, like my nephews are all on TikTok and everything. And I'm just like, yo, I, what, 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 what is this? Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but part, part of that, um, also just comes with that added wisdom of just knowing like, you know, like I can run myself into the ground, just, you know, just working and, and so forth. But it's like, you know, you're not really living when, when you do that. So for me personally, this, these last few years, uh, especially given we just came out of a pandemic, um, where we were all just shut down, had to stay at home for damn near two years. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I, I want to go to wrestling shows that I, I literally have never done. I want to, you know, I want to do this trip that I want to do. I want to, you know, I want to like prioritize my, my sort of sanity and um, self care and just wanting to do things that I want to do, you know, yeah. whereas, you know, maybe three, maybe three years ago, I don't, you know, I'm, it's not something I'm prioritizing. You know what I mean? No question about it. I think we all have been programmed into this matrix of, you know, work, 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 play, die. And um, some of us don't get the opportunity to really live the uniqueness of life. And as we get closer to our forties and true middle age, it's like, where has the time gone? Where did I have that was meaningful for me? I'm trying to find like, for me, like I was talking to some people, um, you know, my father's voice, my dad is 71, you know, and I know he only has so much life left on this earth. And, um, cause I lost my mom this year. I lost my older sister this year. I lost my uncle this year. Just a lot of people just that I really deeply care about. I've lost in consecutive, almost consecutive months. And, um, I just want to live. Yeah, bro. Thank you. Yeah, man. I haven't talked about a lot. I I posted it on, uh, Facebook. I had to take it down. It was just too many people giving me, you know, you know, people care, but it's like, it's a lot, you know what I mean? Um, I totally got you. Yeah, bro. And it's like, you know, I want to just live a meaningful life. I, I, yeah, I do want to make money and be great, but I want to be meaningful to people. I want to elevate people. I want to empower people. I want to encourage people. And, um, and I just want to be a positive influence on people. It's not always about, you know, just being part of the machine. We have, I think those two years of being locked down, a lot of us had to reassess what our value system was, right? What truly made us happy. And we had time to sit with ourselves and see what our motivations were. Part of this podcast and me really putting the energy behind it is re-saying, look, I've loved wrestling for over 25 years, damn near um, 27 years of my life. I've loved this thing and it's really been there for me when I've had tough times, you know? And um, like really putting the energy to something that's helped me grow and heal. And as we play this song, smell the flowers, we'll play the first half of it. I hope that our audience can, as they reassess their life or wherever they are in the station of their life, hopefully this song can give them that type of vibe that I had at six o'clock in the morning, several days ago when I played. So, Hey guys, this is from your album. Give the album again, eloquent again. Uh, Long drives to nowhere, long drive to nowhere. And the song is called smell the flowers. We're going to play it right now. Thank you. 
And if you want to hear the full bit, you will have to go and support Long Drives to Nowhere from Brother Eloquent. Um, but as we listen to that, you, yeah, it, it, it makes sense. You get in that car early in the morning. You know, you've been on road trips, Eloquent. Like the, when you see that early morning sky as you're driving and you're excited about wherever your destination is, but you're thinking about life. You're like, man, this is exciting. You ever, you ever know, you're, you can, you can kind of talk about that. Like you, you ever had that joy when you're about to go somewhere you've never been before and like you're just so into the moment of getting there? Oh, I, I, I live for that moment. Um, you know, like one of the, I feel like every, every musician or singer or artist or whatever, you know, I think a lot of them always dream about, you know, like going on tour and, you know, going from city to city or country to country, meeting, meeting people, playing whatever you're playing. But for me, you know, the, the juice of everything just, it all comes from just going somewhere um, you've never been been before, um, and, and and that's something I, I, I live for. And you know, I, I tell people all the time, um, especially folks who don't have passports. You know, it's a uh, it, it's a totally different. You know, you, you come back from trips with like a new just outlook on life. You know, when you get to see how other people live in other parts of the world and so forth, and. I mean, it doesn't even have to be as crazy as like going halfway across the world. Like I, I love just going on road trips. Um, you know, I can just sort of get lost in my own thoughts and, um, you know, just put on, you know, the new Kendrick album. Um, if I want to like sit down and listen to it front to back without interruptions or, you know, when I'm going to catch up on, on my podcasts or, or, or whatever. Um, I don't know. There's a, there's just a real serene sort of feeling of just driving somewhere, whether you, you have a destination or not, just driving somewhere and kind of just, you know, just letting your mind wander. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I connect deeply with that. And, and that song really does that, man. We, we get deep sometimes at the podcast. I crack jokes and have fun, but you know, it's, it's life is, uh, you know, it has so many layers to it. So as we move forward, Mr. Eloquent, talk about where you're from. A lot of people wouldn't know, um, you know, we're, we're, you know, a U.S. based podcast, but where are you from, bro? What's, what do you call home? Where do you call home? Um, so I live in Cambridge, Ontario. Now, I don't expect a single person listening to this to know where that is, and that's cool. But um, the important thing to know is that, uh, like, I'm just right right outside of uh, Toronto, Toronto, Ontario. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, neighbor up north. I love it. I love it. And, and me and you were talking prior to recording um, about like some, you know, some of my uh, explorations into Toronto, which is a great city. And uh, it's considered one of the most diverse cities in North America, if not the most diverse in North America, uh, which is really cool. Well, talk about this as, as we get into the wrestling stuff, man. Um, what is your earliest wrestling memory? For me, I remember back all the way back in 95 or 94. I just remember saying Bam Bam Bigelow as a kid. I just remember. I don't know why I was saying it. But I literally there's a there's a cassette my dad or a VHS my father has, and, um, and I think I'm saying Bam Bam Bigelow or I had just seen WCW or something. But that's my earliest going back to ni- like 1995. What about yourself? First wrestling memory I remember having, and you know I guess it's so hard to remember which one was first versus second or whatever. But I remember being a kid um, and watching. Um, 
I remember watching like some old WWF and in particular, um, Papa Shango mm-hmm. and, um, ultimate warrior. Like those two, I'd had some beef and, um, I mean, I might've been like four or five years old, but I remember watching him like put a curse on the ultimate warrior <laughs> and it went back and, he, and they, they didn't know what was happening. And buddy started like puking and all that. And, you know, which is like this really cartoony when you kind of go back and watch it now. But, you know, the, the, the five-year-old version of me was like shook, you know. <laughs> and, and you know, and you kind of just keep kind of just keep going back to it, you know. Like, it, mm-hmm. you know, kids, you know, it's not, not really about like the moves or anything, but it's just these super colorful characters. I mean, it's, it's good versus evil at the end of the day. And, um... And yeah, that that was definitely one of the, f- the first main memories. That and the uh, the the Shawn Michaels um, barbershop turn. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, that moment stuck with me for for a very very long time. <laughs> oh yeah, Marky, uh, Marty Janetti, in the words of Action Bronson, <laughs> hit you with the drop kick, buddy. <laughs> right, right. <exactly. laughs> wow, bro, that is dope, man. So you started off as a WWF guy, huh? Well, it's it's interesting because, um, yeah, I mean, my first exposure to to just wrestling in any capacity yeah. um, was WWF. Mind you, up here, you know, we didn't we didn't really have access to like NWA or um, you know or any of the territory. Well, I mean, if they did, certainly I just wasn't. Yeah, yeah. So y'all didn't get WCW up there in, in Canada. We did. Oh, okay. Now, mm-hmm. yeah. Now, again, like I remember, I remember seeing WWF first, mm-hmm. and then later, once, um, yeah, then eventually catching on to a little bit of WCW. Um, I mean, it was very sort of interchangeable to me at the time, but I think I just saw more of WWF, and like I fell in love with like Bret Hart and like. Yeah. Um, you know, aforementioned Papa Shango and Ultimate Warrior, and you know, like on the WCW side, like I love, like I love Sting. Yeah. Um, you know, I I loved seeing like Vader and some of those guys. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, but, but yeah. Um, I, I guess I wouldn't really say that I was a WWE or WWF guy over WCW. I just I just like pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I, I guess I can safely say, even back in like 1992, you know, I didn't really subscribe to all the all the tribalism nonsense. That, of course, uh, that me neither. Twitter is all about today. Yeah, <laughs> first, yeah. So this is what I'll say. These idiots. Uh, this is where I get PG 13. Last episode, I dropped the F bomb. Well, episode before, <laughs> I got a little, got a little, got a little excited. But um, these, <laughs> these. These do, these doofy goofballs. I'm gonna just call them goofballs who want to make this tribal thing. It's like, dude, we remember what the attitude, uh, what the um, the ruthless aggression era was and the PG era was. We do not want to go back to that when you had only one company, pretty much one major, major, major company that was doing things. Diversity in wrestling is good. Me and you, because we grew up in the time where there were multiple opportunities. That basically was WCW and WWF, but it was nice. You had a variety, even though you know um, they were fierce competitors. It was nice to have. It and it was great for the industry. So if anyone truly loves wrestling, they want 
wrestlers to have as many opportunities to make a living and to perform for us in whatever organization. And so, like you said, the whole, the, the IWC tribalism, like all AEW, I'm, I've been watching AEW since the first debut in Washington, DC. Um, and um, I watched the, I recorded it. I have the recording. Okay. So I've been watching it since then. So I don't want to, I just don't get with the whole tribalism thing. Like, you know, we want people to have jobs and we can appreciate both and we can be critical of the differences, but um, you know, grow up people. Now, what I will say mm-hmm. is that, you know, once we were in like the, you know, the late nineties mm-hmm. uh, and and you know Nitro and War were going, and Brock, excuse me, were going like head to head. I will say that I was definitely, I was definitely a Team WCW guy. Back oh in the day. my guy! But, okay, <laughs> but but it, but it, but it was it was more. I mean, everyone loved the NWO at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also just I just enjoyed the the show more. Like I loved the cruiserweights, and I loved. Uh, like Raven was like my favorite wrestler oh, yeah. in the world. I loved um, Raven. Yeah. Raven and the Flock. Mm-hmm, Love mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And I got gotten into the into the, the, end of the WCW versus NWO franchise Shane, video franchise game. franchise oh, Shane Douglas. Right, right. So it's like <laughs> I, I you know, like I, I that was definitely my favorite promotion, but it was never like like an evil hate, uh, like an F them like. like, yeah. like Agitating and, and praying for WWF's downfall. Like I love WCW like a little more, but I was still tuning in. Like I, I still had to make sure I, I kept tabs on on Austin and Rock and and DX and and, and everybody was doing. And so I don't know. It, it's it's this weird thing, and it's not even just a pro wrestling thing. Like I'm a I'm a big. I'm a big Seahawks, Seattle Seahawks guy. Okay, respect, and, respect. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and, and and I didn't follow football like super super closely until around like mid to the late 2000s, mm-hmm. and and at various points, it, you know, and, and I got homies who follow teams in in the same division, and and. Then you know when you get on message boards, you see how nasty some of some of the discourse goes, and you, know, you kind of just step back and just reflect. Like, what what are we really arguing here? Like, mm-hmm. like, like these dudes just entertained me for two and a half hours, even though my team didn't win, but like I still won as a viewer. So exactly, like, exactly. You and, know, like, having yeah. your favorites and, and your loyalties is great and everything, but. You know the like the people I see on Twitter who are like, ha, 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 rampage only did three hundred thousand viewers. They're about to go out of business. Yes, like, bro, that that's some of the goofiest stuff that I've ever heard. You couldn't have said it better, eloquent. It's literally goofballs. We gonna call y'all GB goofballs. Uh, yeah. But let's talk. Let's I don't get- Bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I go up some I will go upside somebody's head. They they talking to you. I'm like, bro, come on, man. Let's just grow up. Um, they must be a uh, you know they they don't they they don't understand. But it's like a weird like I said. These people are living in the basement somewhere of the crypts of some random place and just want to talk smack. I guess. Um, but let's talk about. Let's get back to your music really quickly. I want to go over that and then we'll get back into wrestling too. We just go in and out, in and out. 
Um, talk about how you sure. developed your sound, dude, because you have such a refined, like your production quality, dude. It's freaking world class. The um, your sound is so dope. Talk about how you developed that sound and, and what really attracted you to produce music that way. Uh, well, firstly, thank you. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I appreciate that. I mean, for me, um, you know, just me getting into music was was me and my older brother um, watching um, uh, much music, which was, I guess, sort of our MTV at mm-hmm. the time. You know, just like watching... Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's watching at the time, and this was this was in the, uh, the late nineties. Uh, uh, flashy, flashy, shiny coat era, you know, mm-hmm. like puffy mace and <laughs> all that. Mm-hmm. And um, and you know, I'm kind of just being annoyed that man, like, this isn't the hip hop that we grew up with. This isn't this isn't Wu Tang. This isn't EPMD. What, 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 what is this? And mm-hmm. you know, you, you sort of like. You, know, you complain about things that you don't like, and then it's like, well, let's do something about it, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and he took to rapping; he's really, really good at it. Um, and I, you know, just you know, when I'm thirteen, fourteen, I'm just googling or yahooing, um, you know, just like how to make beats because like I didn't, I didn't have money to. You know, I mean, I was like 13, 14 years old. I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> afford an NPC or anything like that. And, you know, once I, I eventually found, um, you know, a decent enough computer program to do it, and even though, like, the beats are garbage at the time, I mean, for me, uh, my whole mindset was that, you know, I, I just want to, like, incorporate a little bit of all, of, like, my favorite producers, mm-hmm. you know. So I love me... DJ Premier and Gangstar. Hell yeah! Like, I love Hell that. yeah! Right, and I love. Uh, I mean, I mean, how you can listen to, to my music and you can make a pretty educated guess as to who my influences are. Mm-hmm. But you know, everyone loves Dilla. Everyone loves Pete Rock. Everyone oh, yeah. loves Massa. Hell yeah! Everyone loves RZA. Alchemist. You know, so there's a sort of little alchemist, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know that's sort of how I approach most of the beats, but as I kind of got older and, and better and, and, you know, I think I sort of gotten more comfortable just trying to do a really clean, um, and a really sort of just laid back, chill, jazzy, um, you know, sort of, sort of approach. Um, and, you know, just year after year, little by little, you kind of just get more and more comfortable in what you do. And, you know, not, not every, not every beat's a hit, but, um, you know, I've gotten to a point where I was, I'm pretty, I'm pretty comfortable. And, um, I mean, I, I hope that I've somewhat of a signature sound, mm-hmm. but, uh, but ultimately I'm, I, you know, they, they say, you know, you always want to be the change that you want to see. I mean, exactly what you were telling me like before we hit record as far as, you know, why you even wanted to do the pod. It's just mm-hmm. like, you know, there's like this mission that I have and I want to be the change I want to see, yeah. you know. Definitely. Wow. So I have a big question for you. What's your machine of choice? What do you, what do you, what is Eloquent use to make his wonderful music? What's your brand and, and machine of choice? Um, I've actually racked up quite a few tools over the years, but, <laughs> the, but my main, 
my main, my day one. Um, shout out to the Usos. Um, since day one, I've been using um, FL Studio, formerly yeah. known as Fruity Loops. Um, that's the first thing I ever learned how to use. And over the last 22, 23 years, um, you know, I've got MIDI keyboards and I've, I got a Machine Plus. Oh, uh, yeah. I've got an SP4. I got a, a few SP404s and there's, there's records and some other gizmos that I forgot that I even have. But, um, and there's a few other like software programs. Like I have, like I have Ableton that I've used a bit here. I've got Serato Studio I've used, but I would say FL Studio is sort of the, the basis or foundation of. 95 percent of everything that i do much respect dude yeah um I, you, you know I, me and my buddy uh dj he, he'll i'll have him on the podcast uh one of these days we were like we're music addicts both of our his father's a dj my dad is an old school brother who just loves music so listening to you know barbara streisand to you know the um you know sound art of noise to all types of wonderful um you know I think yeah, so, so so all types of groups, and just and so me and him bonded really over our appreciation for that. It's like yo, we're gonna get when we get old enough, bro. We have money, we want to get MP, MPC MPC five hundreds, and we're gonna do this and do that. And he does. He actually just dropped like a bag on on his setup. I think it'd be nice for him to meet you as well. Maybe you can you know you guys can just vibe out or whatever the case. But um, that's so dope that you have those tools and talk for people because when people want to do music, it can be intimidating when you look at a machine. Like I have a Rodecaster. It's like a couple thousand dollar machine that i have here it's a lot of buttons a lot of different things to look at it can be overwhelming talk about your process of getting comfortable with navigating a machine of that quality because that that could be intimidating to a lot of people tell me about the process from looking at the thing and then actually making sounds that actually make sense work <laughs> i mean it's i mean nowadays having used it for so long it's like you know it's it's kind of like learning a language you know when i want to make a beat now like i don't I don't really have to think too much as far as, you know, if I have an idea for something I want to do, I, I, I just do it, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have to sort of sit and process it, but in the beginning mm-hmm. and, you know, there was other, and there's some other like good friends of mine like, that I went to school with who, you know, I showed the program to and they got really excited about it, but, you know, they kind of just gave up a month or two in and I just never did. Mm-hmm. Um, it certainly can be, well, and especially for me at the time, because it was learning this computer, like the, the you know, the help menu was, was pretty useless. And <laughs> this, is a, this is an era, this is an era before YouTube. So I couldn't just look up a tutorial and just, oh, yeah. just sort of figure it out. So, so it was basically all just trial and error. And it's like, okay, I know I want to make beats. I can't afford an MPC, but if I can at least just learn the foundations of how to make beats, then, you know, whenever I do save enough, save up enough money for that, for that MP or whatever, um, then, you know, I'll, uh, it'll, it will, it'll be able to translate easier. That was my sort of thinking at the time, but you know, it, you know, I'd just, like I'd come back from school and then just sit there for like hours, just, you know, clicking in boxes and just <laughs> trying to, you know, it's like you're trying to understand how things work and, you know, you're 13 years old and it's telling you, do you want to 
at compression or EQ. Like, I, I have no idea what any of this means. <laughs> this is another language. And, of course. And, and especially back in, I mean, yeah, in like a, a pre-YouTube era and a big, big problem just with the, the music scene community at the time was that, or maybe it's just like a, a thing around me, but people were very, very reluctant to actually like, you know, like share what they've learned and, um, and just sort of give you pointers because it's, oh, well, if I teach you how to make beats, you're, you're going to come from my spot. Like Which there's a lot of, yeah, there was just a lot of that, uh, like it's one thing if someone's like, no, I'm, I'm not going to share who I sampled with you. Like that I understand, but it's like, bro, I, I, I just want to know how to, I just want to know how to, like how to loop this beat. Like, yeah. I just want to know how to, you know. So it's, uh, it was honestly, it was a ton of trial and error. And early on, you know, like I was on it for the first two or three months and, you know, I kind of just, my mind wandered and I just, you know, stopped making beats for a little while, but then I'd come back to it after I heard like a really good song on the radio or something. Mm -hmm. Um, and honestly it was like, I came across, um, finally came across someone who was willing to actually share. And I mean, I literally just watched them in a, in a, in a session for like 25 minutes and and there were just so many just simple, basic things that I couldn't for the life of me figure out how to do that I just watched someone do in 20 minutes. And that kind of just unlocked things for me. But there's also kind of this, um, there's this perception or this stigma at the time that making beats on a computer like doesn't count or that you're not a real producer if you, if you do it. Um, you know, if, if you want to be a real producer, you, you got to have, you got to have hardware you got to spend the money to do it. And then I heard that, um, I heard that little brother album mm -hmm. listening. and, and my brother had caught that CD. And when I read the inserts and, and, and nine, I found out that ninth wonder did all those beats on fruity loops. And then at that point it's like, all right, it's on like, You've just shown me that there really is no limit to, you know, like how good or how creative you can be with it. But that's, that's all I needed to know. And, and I just really, really dived in after that. And, you know, 15, 20 years later, here I am. Exactly, bro. For people who don't know about Little Brother, for the young folks, you need to go get with that. And just uh, that real hip like that. Remember, remember, bro. There was a special time in the culture, bro. Like, remember when the neo soul, like Dwelle, and um, and then um, it was like it was like something from like two thousand, uh, like two thousand two to like two thousand six. That neo soul, but also like that alternative hip hop thing, group thing. Like it was a special time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. That I mean, I'm like I'm. I mean, I'm like born in the 80s but like, I grew up like a 90s kid yeah so I'm always always fond of that that period of hip-hop but in particular that late 90s early 2000s era like for me yeah personally that might have been my favorite and that's and that sort of soul Quarian, yes um, from the Dilla to Common yeah bro yes Angelo, mm -hmm. that that whole collect that whole collective like 
changed my life. Bro, real rap. Most, oh, Tyler Quad. Bro, come on. Bro, hold up. Hold on. I'm going to hit you with something. I'm going to hit you with something. A lot of people be like, I'm crazy. You know one of my favorite artists, period, bro? I'm about to hit you with something. You're going to be like, yo, that's deep. You know what I'm about to say? Run it. Saul Williams. There, yes, sir. Very underrated. Saul yeah. Williams, bro. Like the brother got bars. Name I haven't heard in a very long time, bro. But yeah, that's wow, that cool. That's those pen games, black thought. Bro. Come on, dog. <laughs> Come on, dog. Come on, dog. What's up, man? Black ice. Remember that? Did you used to watch like Deaf Poetry Jam and stuff? Yes, sir. Yes, bro. Sir. That whole, bro, I wanted to be a poet so bad, bro. Like in my early 20s, I was like, I'm gonna move to Brooklyn, bro. I'm gonna move to Brooklyn. I'm gonna be a spoken word artist. And, uh, <laughs> I was like, I was, well, you know what I mean? Like, I wanted to be real artsy and like wear like, uh, like really long cardigans and look kind of homeless, but still be real deep and have like a pen pad everywhere I go. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm saying, man. I mean, <laughs> like, like I told you, I mean, the, the legend of eloquence began as a as a as a rapper. Bro, and, I got bars too. People know, don't know. I heard, I heard, I heard people like him and like Black Thought mm -hmm. and. I mean, Conan has always been like my like my favorite rapper. The ever. bars, dog. The way, um, oh, bars. And, and just you know, there's just such a magic to the way that you know good rappers put words and thoughts together. And I mean, it's, it's such a an underappreciated art, you know. Yeah. Like, um, you know, just good lyricism, like just the, the work and just the the wittiness and, and everything involved in it it's you know it's it's it, it was always a skill that i just like i so badly wish i could master um but you know they, they had it done down on science you know what i'm saying i got another song with, and then we're gonna keep moving on because me and you are music heads bro one of the greatest songs of all time bro respiration most deaf Talib Kweli is Black Star, dog. When we get off, I'ma play that joint and just vibe, bruh. Right. Respiration. If you, if you a hip-hop head and you gotta have in your rotation your top 10 just to get real back into your rapidy wappity wappity stuff, you need to put on respiration. Okay? Also, you need to put on um the comment back in the day. What was the song? Easy, like it was easy. It's like it's um easy. What was what's, is that the song title? <laughs> And that, oh, first of all, that, that Black Star joint, I mean, that, that album is like, maybe, yeah, probably top 10 all time, like, in, in my books. Um, I, I used to rinse that whole album, um, not just Respiration, but Thieves in the Night. Um, yes. I mean, I used to bump that song and I didn't even understand it. And, you know, you kind of go back and listen to it 15 years later and it's like, yo, like, these dudes are going off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they take, like, they take the artistry, bro. It's real artistry, bro. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Man. And, 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 and that's, and that's just a beautiful thing. Um, with, and that's timeless music that I can go back and listen to, listen to a record that came out in like 98 mm -hmm. or whatever. And it's 2022 now. And, and I mean, I listened to those songs when I was a teenager, and I just kind of just liked the way that the the, the words rhymed, and 
And, you know, when you sort of live through life and you really listen to it and you really understand what, what, they're, what they're talking about. And, you know, that, that, that's, that's just such a beautiful thing. One other song hit you with, bro. We about to get, we about to hit you with some. You're going to be like, yo, New World <laughs> Water by Most Def. He go. was spitting bars. It's unfair, bro. <laughs> Hold up. We going are we talking hip hop right now? This is a culture and wrestling podcast, okay? So we got a man of the culture. Bro, give me your if you gonna if we're gonna do a five on five like basketball, right? And you just doing lyricism and you gotta like you gotta like smoke another dude five on five. Who you picking on your five, bro? Which is not about who's the greatest of all time. We talking about your five lyric lyricism wise. Who you gonna go? Who's your five, bro? Who's your starting five, bro? I'm pulling mine up from my notes right now. Hold up. <laughs> Ooh, boy, put, put me on the spot, okay? Yes, sir. Um, Black Thought's gotta be in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Royce five nine. Mm-hmm. He definitely gotta be in there. Um. Oh boy, who else can I put on there? Uh, Elzai, mm-hmm, Elzai, mm-hmm. both rap, rap with the best of them. Um. Uh, you got three. I'd, I'd say Eminem, but. It has to like depend on the era of Eminem. Okay, like, that's like nineteen ninety eight version of him. Mm-hmm. Like he like he could outrap anybody back then. Yeah. Um the last one hmm. Uh see the the, the tricky uh, it's such a tough question because mm-hmm. it's like like there's there's depends on what you want. But yeah, there's lyricists who just you know, who just, you know, just like from a po- uh, strictly a poetic standpoint, they just go off. Yeah. And then there's guys who are like, like, like battle rappers. Yeah, you know what I'm exactly. There's, you know, there's different classes of lyricism. Yeah. Right. Because, I mean, if we're doing it just based on like, you know, who can like roast or kill the other person the hardest, I mean, hell, I mean, you know, you could probably put like... Mm-hmm. You know, now there's the actual battle rappers um, that you can put in there. R.I.P. to the to the homie Pat Stay. Mm-hmm. Um, for anyone who's who's was up on that. Um, but man, that that's that, that's so hard. But definitely, um, yeah, one more. Black Thought, um, Eminem. You said Eminem. Um, and then. Probably. Yeah, I'll say stuff. Okay. All right. So here's mine. I got to go Saul Williams. I'm going to throw a curveball and hit you with that. Okay. Because he's a right, poet. Right. So he's going to bust that ass. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going Saul, Black Thought, Most Dev, Tyler Kwali. And there's so many good ones, bro. Because I really want to put Rakim in there because he's the OG and he really, like, his flow really changed a lot. But I'm trying to kill some brothers, so we're gonna put Kiss in there too. So Jada, you're gonna go Jada, Black Thought, Saul Williams, Most Def, and um, uh, Tyler Quadley. I, I really could go Tyler or Common. Uh, right, you know what? I'm gonna take Tyler out and I'm gonna put Common in. So here's my five again: Saul, Black Thought, Most Def, Common, and then Kiss. Yeah. Yeah, that's my file. Okay, actually, now that I think of it, okay, let me take. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. 
Let me take out. I'll take out Eminem. Okay. I will put. I'll put Kendrick in there. Ooh, okay. Apple. The control. Apple. The control verse Apple. by alone. Yes, sir. Bro, like he had the entire state of of New York, you know, like coming for him on <laughs> on, on this track. Like, he, he went hard, dog. Yo. <laughs> Yeah, no, we get it. I'm gonna listen to that when I get off the phone with you, bro. See, that's the good thing about real hip hop heads. You be like, yo, let me go ahead and get that new world water. Let me go ahead and listen to respiration again because it gets you back in the bag and you start appreciating real, real. Because now hip hop is just kind of like the commercialized hip hop is just garbage overall in general. In general, not knocking all the people that got hustles, but in general, and it's like when you really talk to a real dude that appreciate lyricism, like the fact that you understand Saul Williams, you be like, yo, I can see that. That tells me everything I need to know. Well, the, fun, the funny thing is, it's just sort of over time, I, you know, because like back in the day, I was definitely that, that backpacker guy, like, ooh, <laughs> what, what are you listening to Soldier Boy for? Mm-hmm. You, you don't even have any metaphors, you know, like, <laughs> I, like, I was that guy back in the day. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, and maybe part of it is just because I've been a, I've been a producer for so long, mm-hmm. and you just sort of come to, to realize that there's, there's more to, to an artist than just um, you know just just raps yeah and as an aside I have to my final list one more time I I'd be remiss if I didn't at least mention Nas up in yeah. there of course on of course your lyricism mm-hmm. I mean he's yeah. my favorite rapper I, by the way I, I, I haven't heard that story yet but um, yeah. but it's like you know there's a there's a place there's a time and place for like sort of turn your brain off and I've sort of come to like appreciate some of the, the quote unquote dumb rap stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I didn't before, but, but man, like when I hear like, when I hear black thought or I hear like Royce just going off like on a radio station or something, it's just, man, there, there, there's nothing like it. No, nah, it's spiritual. Hearing They're in the right vibration. The art, art. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Hell yeah, bro. I love that we got a chance to get into our back. We're going to do more of this, uh, of trying to get more of the culture and talk about music and rap because they do connect in, in a lot of ways we, we, we intersect. Well, talk about your coolest moment in your life as an artist, man. What is the coolest thing that has ever happened to you as an artist in your life? Um, the coolest, I mean, I've, like I've met some very interesting people and I've gotten, um, you know, like kind words of support from like people I've really looked up to and so forth. But I mean, for me, and I don't know where the word sort of began, but um, it was a personal goal of mine to um, to, to go out to Japan mm-hmm. um, to like to, to to play, and and I don't know, maybe part of it was just. My, just my fascination with Japanese culture and mm-hmm. you know, everyone loves anime and and just so many just cool things that just, has just come from Japan but I also felt like um, everyone I respect um, like just as as artists um, you know has, has been invited out there to, to, to go and play and you know it's kind of one of those early bucket lists that I made for myself which, you know, like I can buy a ticket and go there anytime that I want to, mm-hmm. but it meant a lot. It meant a lot to me on a personal level that, that someone that, you know, someone all the way out there even heard of me mm-hmm. and, 
and liked or appreciated what I did enough to to, to find me out there and to, to play in front of a crowd, a crowd that mostly don't speak a word of English. You know, mm-hmm. and stuff stuff like that's always really, really cool to me. Um, and kind of just one of those one of those reminders of like man, like, you, like music really is a universal thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like like I remember playing you know, I've played in front of like my hometown in front of like eight people, you know, multiple times in my career. And and there's nothing wrong with that. But the idea that, you know, what I do can impact someone on the literal opposite side of the world enough that, you know, they actually want me to be there. That, that for me, that was always sort of one of my, my crowning achievements. And, and there's other things too, like, you know, like, um, the first, the first time that I, I had a record pressed on vinyl, oh, that was wow. another big thing. Like, yeah. I cried the baby the day that the, the vinyl like arrived on my doorstep. And, Hell yeah. And I could like, and like the literal first one I took out of my box, I took out of the box. Okay. I gave it to my dad. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, uh, that always meant, that meant a lot to me too. So well, one, yeah. one of those, sure. Hell yeah, man. That's dope. Going to Japan. I've always wanted to go to Japan and Korea. I grew up with a lot of Korean American folks and, and I, I just respect their culture so much, their perspective on the world, their, their heritage is so beautiful. So no doubt you have, um, some beautiful experience in Japan. We'll, we'll get you back on. We'll, we'll do, we'll do a special episode about that, about Japan and traveling and, um, as we talk, um, oh, yeah. and things like that. But, um, tell me about your favorite wrestler's theme song, man. Like mine is the rock even to this day. Um, like as a kid, when I heard the rock, I literally would jump up out of my seat. My heart would start beating fast. Like I'm like, oh my god, the rock is coming <laughs> down the ramp. Ah! Or if I was in the bathroom right. and I heard the rock, if you smell, and I would literally damn near break my legs trying to jump down the stairs and get and go see the rock come down the ramp. Um, what was your favorite uh, wrestler's theme song, dude? Um, I mean, if we're talking like all time, um. You know, it's pretty. Uh, I mean, there's there's a few of them in particular that I really loved, but the you know, hearing the the, the glass break um, and Stone Cold came out because you, you just knew like like bro, like you you you, you don't messed up, you know. <laughs> and like, like one of my favorite tropes in wrestling ever is you know somebody is like in the ring like talking all kinds of shit about Austin mm-hmm. as if he's not in the back hearing it and just. Just yapping, just running that mouth, and mid midway through the sentence, you just hear that that glass break, and mm-hmm. then like bro looks like he's seen a ghost, mm-hmm. like and and you knew that all, oh, bro, like like bro was just beelining it to the ring, like just <laughs> fast, no no other reason, yeah. and man, that it, it got me so high back in the day. I tell, I mean, I that seeing them at uh, last year's WrestleMania was. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I don't, I, I generally don't don't go too crazy on like the you know kind of the, the nostalgia mm-hmm. act guys from like you know, way past their prime. But but hearing that again, man, just just transported me back to my childhood. So that 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 one's always up there. Um, I always loved the the the. Diamond Dallas Page, oh, yeah. the smells like Teen Spirit mm-hmm. knockoff theme that he always had. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, 
if we jump if we jump it to nowadays. I like Powerhouse Hobbs' and new song, bro. Honestly, bro, like AEW got some banger themes, yo. Yeah, like, there's a lot of folks. P-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-p-
seemingly so quickly. And it was like, bro, like they clearly don't care about anything on the show mm-hmm. outside of the main event. Yeah. Yeah, it was tough. It was it was a tough watch, the back end of it. Um, you know, it, it, the the great glory and then to, to be where it was, that's true. Well, we, I was going to ask you, what are some of your goals for the future? Anybody in music or wrestling that you really would like to work with? Um, the first goals in general, because um, like I said, I've had, um, you know, I've, like I was fortunate enough to check off um a few things off of my um, mm-hmm. off of my personal bucket list, but mm-hmm. as far as the things left, um, I, re- I really want to. I really want to get music in um, in a video game. Oh yeah, um, that's another dream of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and and shout out to the to the homie Righteous Reg. Um, I saw that he he got a song. Um, one of his joints is placed on, I guess, that upcoming. Um, AEW Fight Forever game. Yeah. Um, Congrats, Righteous Reg. So, yeah, man. Shout out to the bro. I yeah. thought that's fan. Grab City's dope. Um, yeah. yeah, love those guys. Um, but um, I'm definitely trying to try to get something placed and heck, if I can somehow get one in the wrestling game, mm-hmm. fire. Yeah. Um, you will. You will, bro. It's, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, otherwise, right now, um, I mean, damn, like I've got, I've put out like 25, 26 albums or just bodies of work mm-hmm. um, over the last like 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now I'm sort of in that, that mode where I'm trying to, you know, I, I don't want to do another record unless or until like, you know, just the, the right opportunity or just something that really just intrigues me. Um, so I'm, I might sort of fall back on like the instrumental stuff a little bit um, for for the, the immediate future and sort of get back to you know to collaborating and just working with uh, working with some dope folks. Yeah. Um, you know, I got. I mean, I've I've got some some contacts and some people that I definitely want to work with. Um, you know, but as is such as is such the case in life, everything was all about timing. So. Yeah. Definitely. You know, try not to not to jinx myself, but uh, but yeah, next next year and potentially the end of this year, you know, with some 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 interesting things are in the work there. Oh sure. yeah. Well, you'll get it, bro. You're a genuine human being. I knew that from the first time I talked to you. You're extremely talented. Anyone with ears can hear um that and um you're just, you're just a great spirit and i truly believe the universe really gives back to those who are very genuine and operate in the space of of honesty and authenticity and i want to give you your flowers so here on the wwb podcast we want to clap it up one more time for you because this has been one of the most enjoyable <laughs> yeah man yeah right. seriously bro like out of 90 plus episodes this has been one of by far the most enjoyable episodes i've ever had and it's because of the vibes that you're on bro so thank you for coming on oh thank you for having me and yeah like literally anytime just pick me up i'd love to love to come back hell yeah um where can people support oh, you by, by the way before mm-hmm. before i let you go yeah and I, I i don't know exactly when this is going to to air but go ahead yeah but uh what what, what, what did you think of dynamite yesterday <sighs> that's what i think about it <laughs> We're gonna yeah, we're gonna talk about this on uh on sa- Saturday uh Sunday morning. Me and Randall gonna 
You know, I call him Jer- Jerome Cornette, but uh, we're not going to be- butcher it. It was interesting. How about that? Let's just say interesting. What, what would you say in one word? What would you say? Uh, summing up in the one word. Um, interesting is, is definitely the word. Yeah. Um, like I, I enjoyed it um, overall, but um, there's a couple segments that um, a couple segments that really. Uh, had me feeling some sort of way. And I think, I think, you know, exactly which ones I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I think Soraya, she tried to go into business for herself. I think she, she actually low key threw a shot at Britt Baker. Um, well, it, cause she said, again, I heard I you guys be doing some, I know you're going to touch, mm-hmm. touch on it more on, I guess on, on that, that show. Yeah. But, um, I, I think, I, I mean, I don't know who Adrian in that segment, I'm trying to sort of give it the benefit of the doubt because I know that with all the hurricane stuff in Florida, yeah. from what I understand, I think they were like pretty, I'm guessing they probably were missing like a third of their roster. Yeah, because most something. wrestlers live in Florida, yeah. Yeah, because the only thing I was thinking of watching it is like, yo, like are they really just trying to fill out time or or wait, they like, folks actually really thought this was a good idea. Like, I... Yeah, I have no idea, and I feel like it was one of those. Um, like, I think it was a good spirited yes. segment in terms of like I think they had the the right intentions and they want to make statements and reboots and yada yada yada. But bro, like she made fun of Brit's name and said it rhymes with ish. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like that's the first time I almost I almost turned off the TV watching <laughs> Dynamite. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It was a good spirit. It was a good intention, but yeah, the execution was interesting. But um, we'll leave that at the back door um, with all of the Uber Eats food. But uh, (laughs) but (laughs) but where where can people find and support you, bro? Yeah, I'm out here on all of your favorite social. Well, most of your favorite socials. Um, at E L A Q U E N T on Twitter, on Instagram. Um, I'm out on Bandcamp, Spotify, Apple Music. Honestly, just Google the name and um, E L A Q U E N T. You'll find all you need to know, guys. This is we're going to continue to bring on really talent. When I talk about the world talent that I'm having, Eloquent is one of the most talented people on the gosh dang earth. Period. I'm not gassing you, bro. It's a real rap. This is a real. This is a real, bro. You're over with the WWB podcast fan base, bro. So. When we, yeah, we've had Bleacher Report writers, we've had Forbes writers, we've had world-class people like Eloquent, who's worked with people like Odyssey. You guys, if you can do me a favor, like and send it to your friends. Get um, Follow us on Instagram. We're trying to get to 1,000 followers by the end of the year. We are at WWB Podcast underscore. Again, WWB podcast underscore. We're going to continue to bring on really talented people. And this is not the first time you're going to, you know, the last time you're going to hear eloquent, he'll be back on again, but we're going to continue to give you the best that we possibly can get people to have good vibes who can talk about really cool things. And uh, we're just going to have a good time. And hopefully in the future when we're on uh, a major platform and uh, people are like, Oh yeah, I remember when they first did this. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I never forgot about the people who listened to us, who supported us and who followed us. I appreciate every single one of you guys. And so thank you for coming on Eloquent. And guys, thanks for listening to the WWB podcast. We are out. Yeah.
hands up with your girl, man. 